Hello and welcome to Everyday Tournament number 122, your favorite, most susceptibly named bi-weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our brand new supporters. Actually, not brand new supporters. Martin has updated his tier, so thank you so much for that. And our brand new supporter, Joel Warmer. Thank you so much for that. If you want to support the running of the show directly, you can support us on patreon.com slash everydayeternal. Callum, what's it like? What's it like not marrying um, a bunch of people every month? Actually, that's that's the weirdest way I could have phrased it. I was just <laughs> getting at... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the people listening need to understand that I'm never prepared for these kind of these opening questions. Julian just says, and speaking of, what is it like not being married to loads of people every week? That's a that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually <laughs> trying to to immediately get at that. Uh, for some reason, our hotel got insanely popular for weddings, and I feel mm. like I've been planning. Like this is the first time in my in my professional life where I'm planning more weddings and events than I actually can keep in my head. So I have to like organize and structure them. So in our notes, I do have like it says what have people you've been up to lately, and your first thing you say lots of weddings. I was like, wow, you're getting married lots of times. That's that's. I didn't expect that. Yeah, but, um, I, I, I actually. See what you mean <laughs> okay oh yeah i guess uh, i literally told my colleague at a, at a different um company um I'm, I'm getting so many wedding requests i don't know what to do and she was like from whom like, oh uh, f from clients you know <laughs> yeah yeah of course of course Julian, of course yeah i guess like a lot of people just they they've been holding out and now with like covid on the downswing everybody is like you know what we should get married yeah if I only for tax to, reasons i did go to um, um a wedding over like covid and stuff um like kind of distance and all that kind of stuff and I, I had a quick conversation with someone working there and they did say like it's it's busy but like they're expecting a huge boom when things start to settle down so it makes sense that that you know that area is just going crazy what have you been up to have you have you uh ever married Good question. <laughs> i i can't follow that i haven't been going to loads of weddings i haven't been sorting out lots of weddings um I've had a pretty quiet couple of weeks since we did the last episode, going to locals, playing and stuff, and um, just prepping for this this American tour. I mentioned quite a few times in the last episodes, we're going in like three and a half weeks, I think. So, yeah. Did you get crushed at a local? I, I, I thought I saw some, some results. Like, you're, you're not mm. talking about that. I, I thought I saw you like at the bottom of the standings almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was I playing? God, I, yeah, we play, it's our, we have weeklies on Tuesdays, and I did go 3 0 this Tuesday. But I've definitely gone like three o o three or one two at some. I don't know what I play. Probably, <laughs> probably painter as well. I don't know. Like it, it's just a way you, you go there, get a couple of beers, and talk to friends in the evening afterwards. Oh, that just but. sounds so great. As, actually, by the way, I this is the first time in like a year or something that I'm actually having like a glass of wine again for the podcast because we have something to celebrate. But more about that in a minute. Yeah, I had, I do actually have a tournament coming up on this on this weekend. There's a big modern and legacy event in london um i think the mod the modern event's going to be 80 to 100 people the legacy event is about 50 probably looking to be i can't actually go to the legacy one which is really really annoying because i have a band rehearsal which i can't skip but going to modern gonna try and see what i can do there probably mess everything up that sounds like a pretty big thing can we link it in the show notes so who's the organizer when is yeah it taking so it's, place? it's a shop called dark sphere um anyone that's been to london before probably might recognize the name they've been a shop in london for many years and so they've got their flagship uh, store in Shepherd's Bush now. So Saturday's modern, Sunday's legacy. There's still tickets. Um so maybe we'll get this out <laughs> on Saturday when it's running. But but for legacy it'll be it'll be available still for, for the Sunday coming. But what and are you gonna play on in modern? I think I'm gonna play Hammer Time. 
I've got the cards for that and it's got artifacts and I enjoy artifacts. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I appreciate the joy in the simple things. It's not like, I like this strategy and it's like, no, I like this card type. I like artifacts. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to go for it. So Dredge has been always my like go-to deck in modern for years and years and years and I still do love it. It's just not very good right now. So I think I'm probably missing a bunch of cards because it got updated as well. So I just placed a big order with... Um, with uh, the local stores this the, this morning to get the last bits I need for the hammer. So yeah, you know, that almost that almost sounded like you didn't want to name the store because they declined to sponsor us. Actually, no, they I was didn't. trying to remember when, when I, this is the <laughs> dumbest thing. I was trying to remember when I ordered it. Was it last night or this morning? It just doesn't matter at all. I'm <laughs> just trying to remember what I ordered as well. Anyway, yeah, from Axion now. They're they're like the biggest TO in England, and they're my favorites. I love them. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I did commentary with Jonathan Sukunik and Joe Lossett on the Anorak production for the CFB 1.5k. That was pretty cool. I was, it was more that. like It was really great. I wasn't chatting because I was just on mobile and stuff, but it was really cool. Really, really enjoyed watching that. Is this kind of like, it's professional completely because Anorak is amazing. You guys are just professional commentators and it was great to watch. And just like, it's like you're watching a really a proper stream and stuff, SCG. But it had that kind of like guerrilla underground kind of vibe to it, like Anorak going around and being with the players and stuff. It was super cool. I loved it. I think it's great. It's also funny you say it's professional because we were, we were actually rehearsing the night before, which I guess makes it already kind of professional, right? Totally. Uh, but <laughs> if you try to play it down and then say like we actually dress rehearsed it the night before that's, uh, pr that's pretty professional I, I just like I remember at like 2 in the morning I was telling Anorak you know what I should take a screenshot of our setup right now because this is the <laughs> most wacky like ragtag thing to make it work like at, at some point Anorak was like you know what if I highlight this window then your video quality is gonna be better so for the entirety of the stream I should not click on another window it's like <laughs> oh okay you know one day i want to do it like the very top pros but yeah i gotta say like what anorak puts on it's basically the the best of the best that you get in legacy these days yeah because he like just goes around with a backpack that has wi-fi right yeah there's like so many a uh, thousand things that feed into it like even carrying uh, an amount of like batteries and stuff and and getting it uh, done and sometimes you know that there's another setup where he basically streams the the video feed to another guy in I think like Texas, and then he puts it together and streams it back to Anorak. Like it's so insane what you can do these days. I don't know how they streamed events like in the Middle Ages or something. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> how they streamed events in the Middle Ages? Yeah. Actually, what, what what would be like the equivalent? Like I guess somebody like walking to the town square and, and retelling the big fight of the two knights or something. Well, I was going to think like, the biggest things are just like fights and I don't know criminals being executed and stuff. <laughs> Probably. Okay. I, I guess that's that's more like lifeleak.com or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Eric yeah, when you need him to document the, the criminal that was like a That was like a category on Twitch. Like, no, yeah. Let's not get into that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, we keep it in anyway. Okay. Uh, in, in speaking of getting in, I, I got into the top eight of a legacy challenge. I played Fs. That feels pretty, pretty well positioned right now. Uh, like a recent addition or re-addition, I guess I want to say, is Snuff Out. Mm, love that's, Snuff Out. Yeah, that's being enabled because we we can somewhat afford to drop a Replicate and I mean, we've dropped a Replicate a while ago, but also Assassin's Trophy because now we have Busicho, which gives us extra outs against artifacts and enchantments. And Snuff Out overall, just like the, the Yes, you lose for life, but the tempo swing uh, against a lot of decks, it's just like night and day. And yeah, yeah else, it's really else like, like the four life, it probably doesn't matter very much. And then like the games where you can't cast it, you're probably losing anyway. Yeah, and you, you actually, you, you can hard cast it quite a bit. Like it, mm -hmm. it happens quite a lot. Yeah, I guess like Heritage Druid and a couple of other elves in a bayou, you just... Easy. Yeah, it happens pretty quickly. So yeah, I've been really enjoying that. And nice. 
with that and speaking of enjoyment we we have a pretty big announcement to make we, we already teased it uh on the uh Twitter feed we talked about in Discord. We collected a couple of like guesses from from our fans and enemies. Uh, actually, how would you know? <laughs> is it uh, Murtai Regent is finally banned? Oh, that's, that's gonna that's be the secret. That... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, dude. I, actually, I have to edit that. I, I hope my <laughs> editing um, software won't want my function, but yeah, we, we have to take that out. Okay. No, I actually, I, I actually invested in Ethara Foragers. I have like sixteen copies or something on Magic Online because I figured, <laughs> you know what? Maybe Murktide is gonna go away, and then Ethara Forager was gonna go back to like fifty or sixty ticks. No, but... we've, got, we've got the new Shredder bird thing. Yeah, and we talk about that in the winner's as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> that card is so good. Before I remembered the name of that card, I saw like Shredder, Shredder, Shredder all over Twitter. I was like, oh my god, is Lantern really good again? I got really excited. And... <laughs> no, it's just a blue fly that goes in tempo decks. I was going to say, you're the only person who would think that, but actually I saw Marcus Avar talk about that as well. He was like, oh my god, Shredder's coming back? Like, no, I know, it's not. I was like, come on, I love that card. <laughs> so yeah, my, my favorite suggestion that somebody on, on Twitter actually mentioned was the Everyday Eternal Lantern 5 Okay, pop crawl. We are making this a thing. Thank you for calling that out. Thank you for the idea. I, I've I've said to you guys a couple of times. I want to get you and a few other people over to London for one of our monthlies at some point, maybe later in the year. I'll make a big deal of it. We'll do like a special event on the Sunday as well, and I will a hundred percent do a legacy pub crawl. And we'll try and like send some pictures and videos and stuff to. We should live stream it, it, honestly, like it, yeah. in real live stream. So that there's, would be the... there's a thing in London called the Bermondsey Beer Mile, and it's just beautiful. We went there with uh, Eli Goblin Lucky One a couple of weeks ago, with um, and it's just like ten pubs all in a, in a row, and they all do like special craft beers, and they're they're all their own breweries and stuff. And there's a cider one as well. It's just it's just awesome. So oh. we could play a match of Legacy each at every single one. So we'll have like ten points by the end of it. I want to go to the place. What's it called Elephant and Castle? Mm, Elephant Castles. It's not. It's actually really close to there. It's is it? Uh, cool. <laughs> and then Brooklyn, yeah. I just like the name so much. I think it's also like it's a like a metro station. Yeah, it is. It's not a great area, but it's it's got a big elephant on top. Are there any great areas in London anyway? Ah, oh, where I live, obviously. <laughs> okay okay cool so the i'm actually super excited about that we, we should like really like even invite everybody on, on well, invite i guess means not paying for your flights but <laughs> yeah well it, it's it's a it's an event i'll 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 try and i'd want to do it maybe like august or september probably just to give people enough of a heads up and stuff but be so i'll good. try and do like one big event and try and get some european people over and stuff and make a push for it and then we'll do the sunday i want to do like either pre-modern legacy unchained like uh, cube top eight kind of thing oh my god the everyday channel london patrol i guess yeah. we shouldn't make it a 5k because if you're playing for 5k people will probably like take it too seriously 5k <laughs> um like weight of beers uh, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So the second su suggestion was the return of the LPL. It's not time yet. It's still sleeping. We we haven't awoken the Kraken yet, but I, I love the suggestion. I would love to bring it back one day. There was another one. That was the completion of the website. And that's Julian's where things... Out. <laughs> yeah, that's where things were getting a little bit out of hand. You know, uh, bring peace to the Middle East or something. I think that's more likely than me finishing the website up until this episode, even though it's... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna make a fool of myself, right? It's 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 been ninety nine percent done for half a year now, and <laughs> you know what they say. Uh, actually, something that really made me think is when somebody told me perfection is the opposite of like performance or something. Like you 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 keep holding out because you want to make it perfect, so you never perform. Actually, uh, maybe mm -hmm. maybe that's something I should. I, I haven't I should heard take that to heart. term before, but it makes sense. 
Yeah. Just just release it, and then everyone can tell you what's wrong, and then you fix that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. And the fourth one was the Reed Duke Elf Special, dude. I would love to do that. You may, you know, maybe we should actually talk to Reed. He, he really loves mm -hmm. elves, right? I, I think he, he also loves pox, which is gonna make it a little bit awkward. I've got, I've got a. a a heart for pox and i appreciate it oh uh, yeah I, I i know i know and i have the sound effects to prove it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh what we actually have going on today um is a is a very very special thing and <laughs> i was like how is julie going to introduce this thing i love it yeah okay. the thing is like we actually have to pay money for it so mm -hmm. I, uh, we're gonna start putting money into the machine because there's no other way that we can actually like get into it. Do you have enough? Do you want, do you want some more? Yeah, ones? yeah, you got some more. Okay, sure, yeah, sure. Give awesome. me here. Okay, this is amazing. Yeah, nice. I think we we got enough now. Here comes a new challenger. Yeah, we we're adding we're adding a new host to our podcast. You. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but before we before we reveal the identity, we want to give you four quick hot facts about our new partner, about our new friend, about our new co-host, and maybe maybe you can guess the identity. There's nothing to be won except for satisfaction, I guess. <laughs> so my number one thing that, that I want to say is this player, whenever they are playing combo. They are sure to say good luck have fun dude at the beginning of the match to make sure that that you can be in your face is, is that something we, we should um well, I, th I think it's also only combo players say good luck have fun so you say it and then you just immediately know you're against a combo player yeah like basically being in your face i remember i, I mm -hmm. went to a vintage tournament once where right at the players meeting one of the players stood up pointed at another player and shouted this guy is playing dredge which you know knowing about that in vintage is such a big deal right that's so mean <laughs> we'll see if this this uh new host says that cool so <laughs> if you I, I guess not a lot of people will be able to guess just from that second fact and that's actually my favorite fact <laughs> I, I guess we're gonna say he because it's it's gonna be a guy he went to preschool for five-year-olds for half a year like okay i guess a lot of people do he was 21 years old at the time like <laughs> what mean, the fuck <laughs> getting into higher education at 21 is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to do it yeah um uh, do, do you get some like kind of certificate at the end that would be that would be quite sweet right you get like a box you get to put more boxes in or something yeah so overall <laughs> i think that's that kind of narrows it down already right yeah. there's not too many people who, who would go to preschool for five years olds um at 21 at least with yeah, <laughs> that sounds like really weird. <laughs> Third fact, he once rode his bike into a stationary vehicle, like straight up crashed, like, okay, cool, let's do it. And when asked what he learned from it, he said, he's gonna fucking do it again. That sounds like everyday turn of material, right? Yeah, you, you threaten that 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 vehicle, you get him, you get him, cowboy. <laughs> In a way that feels like playing playing without graveyard hate, losing to to dredge every single time. You're gonna be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just gonna do it again because only idiots play dredge. And one I, of death right shame I get with Greens and Zenith is enough to beat dredge. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> There's people who do it like that. It's like, mm -hmm. well, what what is your solution to this uh, whatever fast combo deck? Well, I have this five drop, and if I have Return Explorer, I'm gonna... yeah, okay, dude, thank you very much. <laughs> Sit down. And uh, I think the fourth fact, uh, if you can't already guess, you should probably be able to tell after the fourth fact. And that's the weirdest one by far. I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm properly representing it, but we'll, we'll know about it. He once followed a random guy into a bar after being asked whether he liked women. He was like, yeah, sure, I like women. The guy was like, okay, then follow me. 
So he followed him into a bar, which turned out to be a brothel. But all that happened that went down there was he was served drinks, got smashed, but only not in the right way, I want to say. <laughs> he had a bunch of drinks and passed out and there was nothing else happening. So Night of his life. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's actually how we got into the podcast in the first place. Like, <laughs> hey, you, you like this and that? Yeah, come on, let's join us. I want to add a fifth one just very quickly. And the fifth one is he would have five options because he's known for arranging five things into piles. Yeah, and you know, at this point, it's, it's pretty clear who's it going to be. So with that, say hello to our new host. I'm pleased to extend my warm greetings to everyone as you celebrate this important milestone. Thank you. Can you believe it? We, we got Arnold on the podcast now, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new host, Kai Savatari, joining us. Kai, how's it going? I'm so honored, amazed, and excited to, to have you on the cast now. I still can't believe it. How's it going, man? Hey, well, how's it going, everyone? It's your boy Kai Sawatari, aka Sawatarix, aka the new host of Everyday Eternal. How's does that sound? Yeah, aka I'm not... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dude, I, I'm not even like this is so unfair. Like you can't just play Schwarzenegger and then you know, like after that, it's just I'm not even half as exciting as Schwarzenegger. But <laughs> I guess we're gonna change that in a second. Also, good luck and have fun to everyone listening to this podcast, by the way. And oh, you better in your face. Yeah, you better get those forces ready. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're go you're gonna really um fake out people next time you're in the tournament you're, you're playing i don't know what's the least combo deck imaginable oh like dude i don't know so i so like the other day i was like uh looking up some some deck lists from like, 2015 and i actually do have a 3-0 finish with maverick so uh okay, maybe, uh, that's, yeah. that's the least kai deck i could ever imagine Dude, it it was messed up. It also you, only had two install forge mystics and like only one well, equipment. Yeah, which was like sort of feast and famine. I've absolutely no idea why I only had sort of feast. It was it was just embarrassing. <laughs> Didn't you play some like nimble mongoose winter orb thresh stuff? That also happened. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you very much. That was uh that that, was that's okay. I know by the way. So for for me, you were the guy. Uh, I think we talked about it on your on your first episode when you came on Everyday Turn. I think the first time was somewhere around around last year. I think the first time I met you, I think I've maybe seen you at tournaments before, but the first time I've like properly met you was like in 2013 when I came to Berlin for the trade fair and I was asking, hey, well, what can we do? Where are, the, are there any tournaments? And he told me, yeah, you have to come to this place at, at Frankfurt Allee, Hotbox. And I just like randomly went there and there was Kai wearing his Rockstar shirt and playing playing Canadian Threshold. So to me, you you are always the Canadian Threshold guy, right? Well, I was, I was wearing that T-shirt yeah, saying like Rockstar with like R-U-G. So I was like basically forced into this position of just, you know, like playing Nimble Mongoose. That was just me. And by the way, uh, the um, the hotbox is... I went there the um, the other day and it is, unfortunately, it is now uh, like a cupcake store or something like that. <laughs> Wait, they're still called hot, hotbox or is it like... No, it's probably like hot hot cake. I don't hot know. Cake. I was going to say hot cake as well, yeah. Hot pot cake. <laughs> Are they special cakes? But honestly, like when when I went there, it looked like a like a baseball card store. That and then the back room, you you know, like in, almost like in a mafia movie, people would play magic as well between like crates and everything. It was kind of weird, but I liked it. Yeah, it's it's like how how can you make it like the most unattractive for for magic players? I suppose. Yeah, I mean by <laughs> Berlin standards, that's probably like the the S tier shop or something. Right. <laughs> right. Also, yeah, I gotta mention like um to everyone um that. Most people know me from like, you know, being this uh, this guy who streams magic and does art and blah, blah, blah from Tokyo, Japan. But um, last month I moved to Berlin, so I'm also in the European time zone now. So hi, everyone uh, who's living in, in Europe. 
Uh, also, hi everybody listening from the other continents. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, okay. The, are, are we gonna like geo, geo, whatever, geoblock this episode? You, you can't only listen to it from from like European IPs. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh well, I'm not in Europe either, so shit, I can't talk. I just realized. Yeah, that's the weird thing, right? Br Britain's always like, oh, there's like the continent, and then there's our islands. Like, yeah, sure. I'm just, I just still in my head, like we're in Europe. I mean, you still are. You just like did this weird thing where you're mm. like, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's but, yeah. just like this is weird breakup. Yeah, it's actually it's, it's like I'm, I'm trying to imagine whether that was like kind of like any of the breakups I had. Uh, <laughs> not really. You I guess leave, you leave on okay terms, and then everything gets worse. For one side. <laughs> <laughs> for one side, yes, yes. And so then true. Russia attacks, yeah. Uh, yeah. But Kai, this is this is amazing. We we actually waited for a month whether you would actually survive Berlin, right? You've been to Berlin before, but then you spent I think like eight years in Japan. Now you came back, and dude, you, you gotta tell us like how did you of all the places you could have gone end up in Berlin? Like, what what the fuck, man? Well, I, well, you know, the the thing was like, um, so since I ever since I've started streaming, um, I spent a lot of time at home, you know, like painting, streaming, setting up streams, and and blah blah blah. There's like a lot of time that goes into this, right? And I lived like back in the day, I lived um in this like shoebox apartment. It was literally like 25 square meters, and it was my girlfriend and myself. You know, it was like two of us spending so much time in that apartment, and. It was it was fine, but you can already imagine like you know if you if you have so little space for the two people, you know it kind of drives you nuts. And you were thinking about like moving outside of Tokyo, maybe like to like you know a smaller area. But then there's like, well, why do I actually want to stay in? I I don't want to stay in a Japanese village, you know. Like, that's not. I mean, I can do that. I can do that when I'm sixty, but not not now. And also, there's probably the no internet. stage on the mountain. Like people go up there to find out about the best doomsday pile. <laughs> <laughs> if you want those parts, you better come here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And like, so and my my girlfriend, like, she, she was really just been really interested in in, in Germany, and we, so we had a little contract. So I went like, okay, well, you can pick the country, but then let me pick that city. And Berlin is well, like the, the main reason why I picked Berlin was basically because my uh, my parents are living very close to us, and I thought if you do like a big move from like. You know, Japan to Germany is literally like on the other half of the planet. Um, you might want to move somewhere where you get like support and like not financially, but like, you know, when I'm building up things. And um, as yeah. I'm building up my own uh, stream, um, stream studio now, you know, I got a little bit of help from my dad. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, that place looks absolutely dope. I, I love that you you have like a dedicated office in, in that regard where all your future content is going to be produced. And I think that's just like one of the coolest things ever. Well, basically, we don't have a living room anymore. So that living room is, <laughs> yeah, okay. dude. I that, mean, that, that's the trade-off. <laughs> like, like, like we, yeah, I honestly, though, like, I don't think that many people need a living room because, like, all you got to do in the living room is just, like, I don't know, like, watch TV or, like, Netflix, and that's it, right? Um, and you got to do this on your PC anyway in your workroom. So you might as well stay in bed. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> you, I'm... You need, like, a bed and you need, like, a bathroom, and that's pretty much it. You can always order just food. Just bed stream. Right. Or maybe you know, you know you could outsource the the whole bathroom thing. You you could like call people to wash you. I I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, yeah. If, if the pay is good enough, sure. <laughs> Actually, I, I did that for fourteen years. I just realized, but I've never had, did it to somebody who was just like lazy. I did it to people who needed help. I guess you could. Yeah. Anyway, that's you, that's you outsourced right. your washing. 
No, no, no. I, I was, I, I, I volunteered for 14 years for like an elderly and and sick people uh, uh-huh. mobile nursing service. I guess it's always so weird to translate it into English because you do no, so much sure. more. But let's let's leave it at that. <laughs> also great for picking up girls. Anyway, no, but not yeah. patients. But, co- but okay, this is okay. Right. <laughs> this is f- the fucking wine man. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be drinking whilst my recording. Um, I want to say though, like um, this stay in Berlin is not going to be permanent. Like. This is just the first step, you know, just like dipping my toes into European territory again. And I'm, I might end up somewhere else in, you know, like a year or two or who knows what's going to happen. So I'm I'm staying, I'm building up everything now in Berlin, but um, at the same time, I'm also like staying pretty flexible, you know, just... Yeah, um, just, just don't come to England. Everything else sounds great. Oh, dude, don't worry, I won't. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm leaving joking. <laughs> Adam, didn't we talk about that you want to move to like the mountains in Italy? Maybe we should set like set up like the everyday yeah. eternal headquarters somewhere. I've like, I mean, the this mountains. thing where I, I don't want to lose my job, but I want to go and live in the Italian mountains. I don't know what to do. Yeah, so I fall in love with Italy. I'd love to move there. Yeah, I think we all all love Italy, right? Uh, yeah. Kai, aren't you going to uh, one of the big events in Italy, or, or is it Callum? I think one of you guys is going. Not me. I, unfortunately, it clashes. Well, with oh man, yeah. So I, I announced it, and uh, I haven't I haven't said it um, on on Twitter or anything uh, anywhere. But um, a couple of days ago, like literally, like one of my longest and best buddies like um like he's even the friend like who started with Ma- we started magic at the same time we were like i don't know like 10 years old or nine years old and he's been it's released his, from prison it, dude it's his 30th birthday and uh oh, that's I, what we call I, it yeah okay, I, sure. I just i just can't, <laughs> can't make it unfortunately you can also cut this out if you want but mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking of 30th birthday birthday you know i thought i was invited to a wedding and I, I also dropped out of an Italian event because I thought I was going to the wedding. And then like a week before the wedding, less than a week, they told me, actually, you are not invited. It's just like very close fans, friends and family, or, or rather only family, because I was very close friends. And I was like, the fuck? Anyway, this is... Wow, isn't that like the most awkward thing when you, when you think you're already invited and then you aren't? Yeah, the, the thing is, I, I was oh, invited man. because the proper wedding was a year later. And, yeah. But we, we had like the bachelor party and everything in, in, in the current year. And somehow, like, he told me about the wedding date, and I kind of assumed, because we were, like, are are really good friends, I just kind of assumed I was invited. But then literally less than a week before the wedding, when I had prepared, like, presents and everything, (laughs) he told me, I asked him, like, actually, where exactly do we have to meet? And he was like, oh, this is awkward. (laughs) Dude, he won't meet. Dude, you know what? Like, if if there's, like, any any future party, like, I would go there on purpose and, you know, be like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah the, the thing is like i i went a year later uh, and it turned like the, the wedding was on my birthday and this is like a little bit cheesy because it sounds like some some american movie but uh when my, my birthday happened on uh, on the next day so basically we partied through the night and then literally at midnight everybody at the wedding and like half the people or more than half the people didn't know me like formed a circle around me and started singing i, I don't even know was it was like happy birthday or something this was like wow I, so I never thought something so cheesy would be so emotional. That they would decide to sing that, that happy birthday and it just happened to be your birthday. It wasn't planned. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, oh, we just like this song. It's a wedding song. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, it happens yeah. all the time when people like randomly sing happy birthday. Yeah. I, I sing yeah. happy birthday at work all the time, just like between doing things. Um, yeah. you, you know, something that's interesting, my, my dad actually recently got mildly offended when we sang happy birthday for my little niece and we sang it in English. And even like the little girls sang it in English and he was singing, singing it in German. And then afterwards he asked me, why is everybody singing it in English? And I was like, I don't even know what the German words for happy birthday are anymore. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, uh, I guess we're a legacy podcast after all, right? Callum, we, we already um, teasered that there's a big bad bird advice on legacy now, and it's not even mind sensor. Literally the best bird in legacy, maybe up until now. Only can, can you introduce us? Yes, yeah. This card is cool. Um, came out of nowhere, so it's um, Ledger Shredder, as I said. Unfortunately, the second best Shredder after Codex Shredder, but it's a um, uh, two mana, so one a blue. Blue is always good because pitch to force. It's a one three with flying, a bird advisor, and whenever a player casts their second spell each turn, Ledger Shredder connives. And connive is a new ability where you draw a card, then discard a card. And if the discarded card is a non-land, you put a one-one counter on this creature. And important thing to realize this like triggers for both players so you can like sequence it like you play the shredder then you play a ponder and it gets a counter because the second spell you've cast but it's pretty common in legacy for opponents to cast two spells a turn as well like you know there's other decks just playing like a cantrip into a threat like i think this one of these cards which is um unassuming so it didn't really get many people talking about it in previews and i i didn't clock onto it at all but it, out of nowhere the last like five days or so people have been playing it in delver people have played it in uh, modern as well the blue red milk decks and i think it's just probably going to be in like almost every format yeah it just looks pretty good to me uh it's always one of these slightly into delver it's such a high bar to reach i'm always feeling a bit skeptical but i can see it really like you just play this and then your your cantrip whatever and then yeah you've you've got a two three flying for two mana and your opponent then casts something and it gets to three four it's not going to be like as as big as a Merktide region, or it's not going to come down and pressure as fast as Delver or, or Dragon Age Channeler. So it's competing for slots probably after those three. But what it does is it's just, it's a way to filter. So it's even, it's like Dragon Rage Channeler in a way that you can find your cyborg cars, like melt your meltdowns or, or what have you, your hard hitting things, you know, just, and then it just does grow on its own. It, it flies. It's always good in Delver. Like all the threats fly basically. And it's also just like not weak to graveyard hate. And recently Delver has been built to have like Merc and Dragon Rage Channelers and Delvers. And it is a bit softer graveyard hate. Like, um, I don't know. I, I keep seeing people bringing Leyland in the Void against Delver and it makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. So yeah, Leyland has actually been like pretty, pretty good for me against Delver, which like yeah. a while ago the roof would have been one of the weirdest things to say, right? Even if they had like some kind of graveyard dependency. Mm -hmm. These days, except for Delver, everything is all about the graveyard. Totally. So I could see... I don't know again if this will replace any of the threats that are in there right now. It's such a just a, a like just such a strong suite of threats. Just the Dragon Rage, Delver, and Merktide. But like, yeah, if you do face the graveyard hate, I could see just having a couple of these in the deck. Maybe, maybe it ends up playing four. Of, maybe it's better than uh, we realize right now. But then, if you are against these hate cards, you can you know cycle away your Merktides in the face of a rest in peace, and then grow your thing. And yeah, just go on from there. Right. Seems really solid. Yeah, growing think... your thing that that, that works, all right? So, <laughs> sorry, I, I I have to stay. You, you guys lead the podcast tonight. Julius had wine. <laughs> what do you think? Kai? Um, so uh, this card's kind of interesting. Like, um, you can first of uh, first of all, you can always play it on turn two, like Tarmogoyf. You know, like that, that's remember like back then when people compared Tarmogoyf to Gurmak Angler, and like people were like, okay, well, Gurmak Angler is strictly better, but they always forget that you can cast Tarmogoyf always on turn two. Yeah. without any restrictions, right? I always see people saying, like, Merktide is a 2-mana 7-7 seven, seven flying. It's not. <laughs> well, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a 2-mana 7-7 seven, seven on turn 4. Yeah, yeah. Like, right? this spend. It's got the Serra Avenger effect. Right. In a way. Um, this Ledge Shredder, like, what, what I can instantly see with this card is, like, s things like uh, Mishra's Baubles, for example, right? Like, if, if you, let's... Like, I don't know if this is, like, a Delva card, but 
like imagine this card this ledger ledger shredder with um expressive situations maybe the, the full set of mischievous baubles and you know you just play a shredder on turn two and immediately follow up with um mischievous bauble making like two four two four are big stats for uh in the delva mirror too so like yeah. you know super Absolutely super true. good um, i think i think delva is i've seen julian playing four mischievous baubles in delva already and i think two is like pretty common in stock so this is the kind of card that could just make it go to four as well i actually thought yeah. about bauble that's a good point yeah i, right. I guess to, to a certain degree we we're also kind of like already assuming that maybe something's gonna be banned in diver and then was that this would be like one of the easiest slot ins right mm -hmm. there's, there's right. this like a uh, tinfoil hat of like wizards of the coast uh like a uh, um, balance board and you can't let Delver get too far below s tier so they're just like they've got this waiting in the wings <laughs> so like guys we've heard you we finally banned x or y and then everyone's like okay fine well, we've got we've got shredder to take the place now yeah but like again like uh shredder has also some some uh i'm already recording shredder only but um i guess uh Letter shredder is like kind of mediocre against combo i'm gonna say right mm. like it only has like one power to stop it might go up to like two or three eventually but um it seems quite of quite underwhelming in against combo it's probably okay it might even like bounce off against endurance you know like it might mm -hmm. not just instantly die to a flash in endurance and yeah. also what i really sure. like about this card is that you can do a lot of shit mid combat holy shit you can you can mess up so many games by like you know like uh if if blocks are declared and then you know you, you're gonna like cast two cantrips or like a bolt and something and then you know like uh if make shredder like a, a i don't know a three five for example or and you could it's like also that. like hard to interact with in combat if if like your opponent has i don't know some some damage based removal spell and they've cast like something before attacking you can block knowing that if they then cast a bolt in response to it growing from a one three <laughs> their one would trigger as well or something it could get like they would probably be able to play around that quite easy because it's in play but interesting play patterns yeah something that i also like to see about it is whether it's gonna slot into a little bit more mid-rangey non-Dalva decks uh, because Ozymandias recently brought this up right that's in in blue decks these days that there's kind of like this weird gap for for two mana i guess you could Bayful uh, play Bayful Strix in those decks uh, even though that pulls you into black and nobody really wants to be in black in legacy right now at least in mid-range decks and this this is a card that fits right in i want to select that the other options are something like i guess seven library or stoneforge mystic uh seven library is pretty good but you you gotta be in the color and and i think recently i've also seen people like drop seven library and play something like timeless dragon because it's just better against against Delva. and i could see this this guy being like a two or maybe even a three of in, in those mid-range decks sure yeah yeah like i mean i guess like mid-range decks like those delverish mid-range decks are always a little bit ahead and those like delver mirrors yeah, and this guy grow, growing to two four, right? Uh, like you said, and uh, if you're up against actual Diver with like Diver or um, Dragonrage Channel, this is the exact card you want to have. Yeah, actually, this is just a great blocker as well, isn't it? Just block the Delvers and yeah. Dragonrage Channels. Also, holy shit, this is the first time I've ever speculated on a card, and <laughs> I bought it around four ticks literally yesterday. I literally quickly installed magic online at work because i saw it rising like crazy it was like two tickets and it was four tickets so before i left work i quickly installed magic online bought like 20 copies of it and now uh, <laughs> i'm looking up the price right now it's between 17 and 19 ticks and Holy climbing moly. i mean we're, we're talking about legacy right but it's also going to be playable in modern uh, i think people said it's going to be playable in historic even though i have no idea what's what actually historic. pioneer as well with magic online 
Yeah, it's all the same. Historic Pioneer Alchemy, what have <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. I put four in my cart yesterday, but I knew I needed to check what's like how much time and stuff I have for the tournament on Saturday. And I was like, oh, I'll just order it tomorrow. And uh, obviously log on today to finish the order. And they said they've all sold out. Clever Callum. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I don't know where I'll play it. Cool. Kai, is this going to go into Doomsday? <laughs> is that card gonna like draw the first card? Oh, is that guy's gonna draw into the Doomsday pile? Is, is what you're saying? Yeah, oh my! Oh my God! You, you know play, what? You play the LED. You Dude, draw and discard your deep analysis. I was just gonna say, like, you know, like, <laughs> let me do this on the fly. So this guy, you cast Doomsday. You attack with this Ledger Shredder. You gotta, would you attack? Dude, yeah, get the damage in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the top card is like deep analysis. You, you draw and discard that, and then you go off, right? I mean, it's, I guess it's not, it's, it's not as satisfying, um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's like, basically a cantrip in that spot. Right, right. I mean, Uru attacks are still my favorites, you know, like yeah. attacking with Uru post-Doomsday is just like, dude, it's the cherry <laughs> on top, but I guess Ledger Shredder can kind of like do the same thing. Uh, yeah, I could like kind of see it as a bit of a, a sidestepping the hate after sideboard, and especially in the, the mid-rangey ones that have like Strix and stuff already, it's just, it's, the cool thing about the card is like, yeah, you said it's not great against combo, which is true. But it doesn't have. It has a pretty high floor still. It still is a blue card to pitch to force, a beater if you need it, a card selection thing if if you get the the flow of cards going. Like it's not bad at all. Right. It's just not and then great. Like, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like, well. It's, like, it's pretty. Sure. It's pretty better than the Strix, honestly. I want to say this is the exact power level that I just absolutely enjoy in Legacy. This is a card. If if we had had that in well, 2010, whatever, 2012. Everybody would be like, oh my god, this is amazing. Whereas right now it's like, dude, I think this might actually see play. And this is this is exactly the kind of power level I enjoy magic at. And and I hope Letter Shredder, I'm wishing you all the best. Uh, I'm I'm knocking my table I can't wait here. to I can't wait to like edit this and take it in a year's time when the format's been ruined by Ledger Shredder. But <laughs> we'll always have the flavor text. No evidence, no crime. This is this is the best guy. I, I don't it. know. I, I'm in love with it. Uh, me too, actually. That's really cool. <laughs> Cool. So for the rest of the podcast, we picked um, a couple of deck lists that stood out to us during the last couple of big events and also uh, some of the FIFO lists to talk about those. And I think the very first one, like today, when I put the, the show notes together, I just figured, dude, we have to talk about this deck. It, it has showed up here and there every once in a while. I haven't seen it 5-0 yet, but this is this is one of the coolest things yeah, this is literally one of the coolest things I've ever seen in Legacy. That uh, You guys see the deck list, right? Do you have any idea which kind of name that deck has right now? I love it as well. Um, I can't remember the actual name it had, because I, I saw someone... It came about by someone posting on Reddit and like just blew people's minds because he explained it all. And, like The combos in it are just crazy. Um, and then I, we saw, start? <laughs> I saw people experimenting with it and like the things you can do it's actually it's really like it looks janky as fuck and you're like how on earth did this person 5-0 but it can actually do some slightly powerful things like i mean if you have a grist in play and you play dwarven recruiter you get like 20 insects yeah so so <laughs> i guess that's already pretty shortcutting through the combo okay, sorry, so yeah, the, yeah. the whole idea is um the deck plays a bunch of of changelings right all of the cards they they basically share the same creature type among them also dwarf and yes goblin recruiters banned but for three mana we can get dwarven recruiter from odyssey 
And what that card does is you, you get to search your library for basically all the dwarves you could ever want and stack them on top. So the, the Goblin Recruiter effect. So now we take a bunch of a bunch of changelings, put them all on top, and then we have Grist. Grist plus ones to mill um top card, give you a one-one insect creature. And if it's uh an insect, which all of the changelings are, among many other things, it's gonna repeat that process. So I don't know, you you put something like 20 changelings on top. You get 20 one ones in play, and you also have a bunch of creatures in the graveyard, so the next turn Grist can actually ultimate and probably kill your opponent. So not only do you have a lot of blockers for potential attackers on Grist, uh, you, you have like many ways to victory from there. You you can literally just minus Grist, you can attack with your dudes at next turn, and, and that's just like one of the things that I can do. And <laughs> there's somehow, you know, somehow there's also like slivers in there. I, I wasn't really following what's going on there. Can, can you like explain that as there? Yeah, so you're right. I did jump ahead a bit. It was, it was so exciting. I was like, oh my god. Okay, so yeah, th we should say the deck list. So it has like three Gris, the Hunger Tide, as Julian explained, the recruiter combo, and you put loads of insects in your graveyard. So it has one Crystalline Sliver and then one Hibernation Sliver. I think these are just like... So there's Pyre of Heroes, which is an artifact, and um, I can't remember the exact text I'm afraid I have in front of me. But it's like a pod, but you have to sacrifice something and get a creature of the same type. So you could sacrifice like a, um, a Moth Dust Changeling, which is a one-mana changeling and you can go and get hibernation sliver which is like i think you pay two life and bounce sliver back to your hand or crystalline sliver which is give all your creatures shroud give all your give all silver oh shroud. yeah yeah so all the oh yeah so you, you you're so right you're so smart man <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just used to the the classic dwarf sliver decks in legacy i just been around the block, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're like on every corner in london right? yeah yeah um then we have two dwarven recruiters um for Magda, I'll get to that in a minute because she's a massive part of the deck. One Mask Vandal, which is the one that connects all the uh, artifacts for enchantment. For Mothless Changeling, this is part of a little combo, I believe. It's like a one-mana Changeling and you can tap it to give a creature flying. You have a Passive Empyrean. I'll get to that in a minute as well. For uni <laughs> I universal guess you have to say it a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, for Universal Automaton, which is a one-mana Changeling. For Unsettled Mariner, which is a two-mana Changeling. The uh, blue-white one from one of the Modern Horizon sets, I believe. For Valiant Changeling, this is like a seven-mana, three-three double strike, but it costs two-mana if you control um, another creature that shares a type with or something. It basically costs two-mana if you have a Changeling in play. Then we have four Ithervals, two Pyre of Heroes, which is the like artifact pod thing which you have to pod into the same creature types one relic one retrofit foundry and one springleaf drum so you can probably guess there's some sagas in the deck then the mana base is just like four counter souls one city of brass four mana confluence three reflecting pool two sliver hive four unclaimed territory and four as uh, the chunkiest deck i've seen in a while yeah. this is like this is literally your your trade binder fell out of your like not, not even your trade binder your crap binder fell out of your backpack and like all these cards spilled all over the floor and you're like you know what that's my deck <laughs> I just love it so much. We've got our London Monthly coming up in a couple of weeks, so I think I might have to do this. I've dude, I'm enough. Yeah, I'm looking at this like this uh, Springleaf Drum, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, okay, so this is a Saga deck, right? I, yeah. like, it also does Saga. And it's like, you know, I, I'm looking at this like one-off Spring... This is like so weird, like a one-off Springleaf Drum, I guess you, you can get with Saga, but then it's like, you know, if, like imagine if you prepare for war, and it's like, dude, you're, like what do you got? You know, like, I got, I got a sword, you know, I got an axe, and, and I got a bow, and I got a drum. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the dwarves have okay, the drums. Okay, yeah. you march in front. You put you <laughs> the music and everything. <laughs> Show us the power of the drums. So some of the like other cool combos is Magda. She makes the deck go around in the same way that the Dwarven Recruiter and Grist goes around. Maybe even more. Magda is the secret key to the deck, I think. So Magda is one, a red for 2-1. She is... What creature type? Dwarf Berserker. 
Um, other dwarves you control get plus one plus oh. She's going to give basically all your creatures apart from the two slivers plus one plus oh. Whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, you create a treasure token. And you can sacrifice five treasures, search your library for an artifact or dragon card, put their card into the battlefield. So a little piece of synergy or combo is Moth Dust Changeling says tap an untapped um, probably creature type. Let me just search Moth Dust Changeling. Creature, any creature. Okay, so you can tap a creature and give another creature flying. With Magda in play, you can like play your, um, you can tap any of your changelings to make a treasure token. You tap it to give something flying, which creates a treasure token from Magda. Because she's not like when it attacks, it's whenever a draw you control becomes tapped. So you tap all your changelings to make treasures, and then you sacrifice the five treasures to search for an artifact or dragon card, which is a Platinum Empyrean in, in this case. Or maybe the Pyre of Heroes, like you can combo It's actually well. so insane. Like, yeah. through how many loops we have to jump to get Platinum Empyrean in play? Well, it's, it's uh, just a few creatures, and then like... Yeah, you... that's true. I mean, that, that's also like the extra synergy, for example, if you have Moth Dust Changeling in play and Magda, and then you you plus one Grist after having, I, I can't believe I'm saying the sequence of cards, <laughs> after having played Draw from Recruiter, then you have like all these insects into play, and while they have summoning sickness, they can still be tapped for Moth Dust Changeling, yeah. and that's going to give you all those treasures from Magda, and then you sacrifice those five treasures and get, for example, your Platinum. This is, I've seen, this is so chunky, I'm loving it. I've seen Karthus, Tyrant of Jund in this deck as well. Yeah, I've lost to that card. I think I <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah. Karthus is a seven mana seven seven flying haste. And when it enters the battlefield, gain control of all dragons, then untap all dragons. So you get to then tap them all again to make more things if you want. And then other dragon creatures you control of haste. Oh, oh this is not so like the most Callum deck. <laughs> it's so cool. Kai, Kai, are you gonna abandon Doomsday for this beauty? By the way, like, shout outs to the player, um ex extendo hux playing the deck to a five out like mm. big respect for that yeah like i'm looking at this platinum empyrean i'm like okay well we've seen platinum empyrean like making appearances in modern sometimes right like where people go i guess that's a little outdated it's the already, madcap but... experiment thing. yeah that one right and there were like a couple of decks in modern that just could beat empyrean i'm just like trying to think if, if that's the same case in legacy you know like when if you if you drop that guy on the table like how many decks are instantly gonna scoop to platinum empyrean I wonder. Um, like Storm does, right? Storm does, yeah. Doomsday and doesn't. Elves doesn't. Doomsday doesn't. Delver probably doesn't. It have it'll just have like the one of Brazen Borrow it'll find. By the way, I I just realized there's an, there's a potential upgrade in the deck to be made because apparently it plays four mana confluence and one city of brass. Uh, since Platinum oh, Empyrean says your life total can't change. You can't pay the one life for mana confluence, but yeah. you can still tap City of Brass because that's a triggered ability and you just like then don't take the damage. Very good no, point. Yeah, I don't think this deck can be updated because it's already perfection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also like, just like a, a, a side note, I think this this might be like one of the most affordable decks in Legacy, right? Like, like the creature, like you got 26 creatures and isn't it like, combined like 20 bucks or something well that's, that's a good point I, that's um, crazy cheap i was looking at it thinking god i'm gonna have to like print off so many things to proxy but actually it's, i can just buy all the, the commons yeah <laughs> i guess you, you have cavern of souls and sagas and yeah, you yeah else, for, otherwise apparently yeah and chris and yeah uh, those are like proper for legacy, legacy, cards, for legacy right? though and it's 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 clearly not that bad like yeah. i'm trying to hype myself up for it uh, by it's the way one so cool. one more thing um i want to point out you already um touched on it uh valiant changeling basically a three three changeling for two mana 
and double strike. Oh, by the way, I lost to that one too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, nice. I lost to a beta version of that deck like two months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so the idea is you play a changeling on the first turn, you play this dude on the second turn, and the big the big deal about that dude is uh, the mana cost is seven. So once you get to Pyre of Heroes, which is like you mentioned, pot, right? You, you can Ooh. pot that guy into Platinum Imperium because the yes. mana cost is eight on that. God, this deck is so cool. God. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm sold. Uh, after this, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go and order all these little bits and pieces. I love it. I'm going to play it next week on my local. <laughs> oh, dude, you, you, you got to give us feedback how it worked for you. <laughs> Yo, three, baby. <laughs> you no, imagine if you actually win the tournament. That would be something. <laughs> dude, <laughs> and like, you know, like, and, the, and if you play this, like, in a, let's say, like, in a six, seven round tournament, like, there might be maybe, like, one game where you actually Ether while in a Platinum Imperion, you know? Like, because you oh, got literally nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> they are about to win the game. They have, like, tendrils on the stack. And you're like, you know what? Wild for eight. Anything else? <laughs> My turn? Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> like, wild oh for freaking eight, dude. <laughs> Oh, by the way, the biggest shout out to Extendo Hux again because apparently that's not even a sideboard. I was about <laughs> it's to just ask like straight up sixty cards. What did you did you cut it off in the screenshot? But no, it's no, no, just... no. That they're, they're straight up oh, just like no sideboard. <laughs> what a what a champion! I oh just told you this is this deck is this perfection. You know, yeah. it doesn't need a sideboard. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. Wow, I've only heard of one other person yeah. like five owing and getting it posted with no sideboard is when um Orim. 67 he wanted to prove how good uh, sneaking show was at some point a few years ago or a year ago and he said let, let guys it's so bu it's so busted i'll just play a league without a sideboard and 5-0 and he did and i was like fair play oh my god but so this is that level this deck is so busted extended <laughs> hogs was just like guys it's so busted i'm just gonna like 5-0 a league without a sideboard i'll yeah, prove you wrong i mean it even makes the deck even cheaper very affordable okay, yeah. <laughs> you only need 60 cards that's it you know that, that's the whole deal i've got the sideboard worked out it's four underground sea for volcanic island Four tabernacles. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> and where do we go from there? <laughs> and three more changelings, obviously. Oh, cool, cool. Right. Yeah, the most expensive changeling, please. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I just in the early versions of this deck, I did see Realm Waker, which seemed really cool, which is a three mana, two three. It's green changeling, and when ETB is, I think you name a creature type, and then you can cast creatures of the named creature type from on top of your deck. So I saw some really crazy things with like that in play. And Magda Mothdust Changeling. So you like you have loads of one drops and loads of changelings. So you you use the Mothdust Changeling, the Magda trick to make treasures to keep playing the things off the top of your deck. And the things you keep playing, you keep tapping for mana as well, and you get tons of value that way. I thought that was really cool. But they've so, gone this this vile route. If you are listening to this episode, no matter where you are in the world, there's ways of communication. Maybe maybe we should even post our address or something so you can send us a letter. We need a name for the stack. And if it already exists, send it to us at EternalMTG on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, we are not on LinkedIn yet. Actually, we might be. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe actually I, I created... I think we actually are on LinkedIn now that I think about it. We're just like, are we the first legacy podcast? We're probably not the first legacy podcast to, that has a LinkedIn. Anyway, <laughs> I think we need a proper a name. name. Um, yeah, as I said, it was someone on Reddit who who like posted all about it and got everyone excited. And then one guy who's fairly well known in the like legacy vintage scene uh, and i'm trying to remember dog his name. attack you could probably like make the best pun about like the creature he, types Shark he works on it a bit he's he's like i think he's top hated like a vintage eternal weekend and he's american he's got short ginger hair uh, you can actually narrow it down pretty well now yeah 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 <laughs> anyway we can carry on talking i'll try I'll, I'll remember in a minute 
Cool. So moving on um, to another Mad Brew. This one is coming to us from, well, it, it hasn't been played. I guess it was also played by Phil Gallagher. I think he, he was the guy who, who, I don't know whether he pioneered it or whether he received a donation deck list, uh, but this 5-0 list is brought to us by Wooded Raptors because after Phil 5 out with the deck, it basically exploded. And that means um, Chuckle Hops went from like a couple of cents to like $4. And... <laughs> I don't know if this is more what the fuck than the last deck. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's more in, in the sense of an additional one. It's not like more in absolute terms, right? It's... Yeah, yeah. It's just like, where where does this shit come from? This is basically this is basically um, Monorad Stompy with a bunch of Planeswalkers. I think we have 10 Planeswalkers altogether, uh, six Chandras and four Karns. Uh, we don't... Yeah, we, we basically... We got the Blood Sun. We got the Ensnaring Bridges. We got the Chalices of the Void, right? We, you've seen that before. And then we have four Chuckle Hops. Is, is that, uh, am I saying it correctly? I think so, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like, Red gets to spend six mana and you still don't get to destroy enchantments. <laughs> it's a <laughs> yes. sorcery. Four colorless and two red. Bury all artifacts, creatures, and lands. And for those of you born after the year 2000, bury means they also can't get regenerated. Yeah, take that. When's the oh, last no. time somebody regenerated a land and legacy? I have, I have I have Welding Jard, <laughs> a great furnace in response to Wasteland. Thank you very much. Ooh, Ooh. sick. That's spicy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very rare. It's, it's like, very very. I was rare. I was gonna say like it blows up all the lands, but at least you can creep. Uh, you can keep your chromox around, but it also mm. burns all artifacts. So I guess well, this is that, just that's this so is... sad. You know, because like you know, I was I was looking at this list and I was like, hey, if you have the Trinity Sphere in field and then you you know you blow up all the lands, that's gonna be like game over. But it also blows up everything you just played except Blood Sun, right? And the Planeswalkers. And the Planeswalkers. That's the whole okay. deal, right? Ah, I see, I see. It's, it's basically like Monored Super Friends and, and you have a way to basically clear the board except for enchantments and Planeswalkers. And since we are playing like 10 Planeswalkers and yeah. have a bunch of acceleration, I, so I guess the idea is we quickly ramp out a Planeswalker and follow it up with Chocolate Ops. And right, then right. We, we are at that point, the game literally restarts while we have a Planeswalker in play. And like how many games are you going to lose when, when you have like a four mana Planeswalker in play after the game restarts? <laughs> exactly. Also, like, um, so punishing via it, it can only take like you know take down a small per, um, percentage of the the creatures and legacy, right? But like, well, if you have a sweeper effect in addition, it, this kind of like reminds me of um, good old was it uh, like Swords of Plowshares plus like Terminus in in control decks? You know, like you got like sub spot removal, but then you have also like the reset button. Yeah, and, and where basically the challenge is you, you have to navigate your way so you don't get blown out by Terminus, but you also you don't fade away against swords, not because of swords, right? Yeah, right, exactly. And Punishing Fire, you know, can, can pretty much do that. Yeah, actually, this is the best deck in Legacy, now that I think about it. Like, strategically, <laughs> it's perfectly set up. I mean, what I want to see is basically, like, you know, how, how good is this deck against, like, those, like, Dwarven... <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Pie. Like, imagine if you have like I don't know, like the like thirty freaking insects out there, and, like twenty six dwarves, changelings, and then you know, opponent goes like you know, blow up all creatures and lands and artifacts. Literally everything you play is just boom gone. Yeah, and then you know, then they use Mothlad changeling to to use what's her name Magda to make a bunch of treasures. <laughs> use those to get some kind of dragon into play that regenerates all your I don't know artifacts. Yeah, you. You're talking my language. Yeah, we're, we're talking. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about the Legacy Degeneracy League. That, that, that yeah, when, when's that starting? Rather than the LPL, when's that starting? 
I, I was gonna make a joke about some kind of tournament that I don't like, but then I realized there's no no <laughs> tournament that I don't like. <laughs> I wanted to, to throw shades at somebody, you know. You know, uh, those tournaments in that city, they are basically that. But yeah, that does not. By the way, in speaking of tournaments, shout outs once again to the etc. Legacy tournament and, and Frising. I think last time we once again had something like 40, 40 to 50 people. Absolutely insane what those guys awesome. are putting together. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle, you moved to the wrong city. <laughs> well, he said he's going to move, so maybe go to Freising. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. By the way, Callum, are, are you sure you don't want to learn German because your pronunciation is so on spot? I can speak a little bit of Deutsch. You know, that sounds so Dutch. Oh, sorry. Dutch. I yeah, I <laughs> oh, no, Dutch is weird. I I was I was in Holland for a while, and they, they're very weird. No offense to Dutch people. I do like you, but the, the language <laughs> you know, is so weird. You know what they know. tell you, like when you have a podcast or produce any kind of content, don't like randomly inside <laughs> groups of people? I'm sorry. I have, I, have a, I have a bunch of Dutch friends, and I always say it to them. Yeah, yeah, that's they, what you say. That's, yeah, yeah, they hate not, me for it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I have Dutch uh, friends. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, definitely, I promise I mean no offense. It's, yeah, like, it's a very funny. If you're from if you're from the Netherlands, um, please message us whether you can vouch for for Callum. Otherwise, we, hey, are, we have to. I'm basically defend. I'm basically ragging on myself. Like you're like you've got a Dutch accent. I'm like, yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> I mean, look who's talking. We're we're speaking like German English anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, just very quickly, I have found just quickly the the original Reddit thread. Um, it's from the Dream Stalker about the, and they call it dwarf bugs. I mean, technically, is is bug a creature type? Probably it is. That sounds about Maybe. right, yeah. I mean, yeah. insects, insects are bugs. Yeah, so I'll I'll um I'll send the link to you so we can post it in the show notes because they go through a very long list of like where they started from and everything. They got freaking swarm yards in here. I'm even more. Oh my god, I, I have oh one of god. those actually. That that oh. regenerates like target insect or something. Like without changing, it regenerates any creature. Yes, hell yes, it does. I, I still like... want to figure out like how they arrived at two dwarf recruiters. So. I w we'll link it and um, yeah there's tons of things talking about lots of stuff <laughs> it, there's a bit saying the realm waker magda plus dwarven recruiter cannon combo so yeah <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's let's save you know, that for you you know what I want to do I want to travel back in time like 15 years in legacy and, and people are going to be like oh wise master from the future what are people going to be doing in 2022 in legacy it's like yeah we, we got the stack it's called dwarf bark it uses a I don't even know what. <laughs> and it destroys everybody. Oh, dear. I'm, okay, I am promise you I'm going to win the next London Legacy with this. And you're going to eat your words. You're going to continue and, until you've finally mastered it. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. All right, <laughs> cool. Bugs did it. So Sorry, the third deck I want to talk about. And that is... Uh, actually, I think this is, this is even more competitive. Like, legit competitive uh, than the first two decks that we talked about and that's gonna come to friend of the show uh, gonna come from friend of the show rapper cheap rapper cheap has put together i think we we can call it like black white humans right he got third yeah. place in legacy challenge uh, very recently i think on the first of of may labor day hey everybody rise up <laughs> yeah rapper cheap well done man really good result yeah, and, and I think we, we, we talked about it on, on, on Twitter. So before we go into the details, so the whole idea of this is um, from what Rapper Cheap told us, you're really good against Delver. You, you you are really good against like most of the blue decks, I, I guess unless they combo you because there's not really too much counterplay. You you have some counterplay against combo, but against like all the mid-range blue decks, I want to say, and especially against Delver, this deck is, is pretty straightforward. And I think also like from the way it's built, it's... 34 creatures and four wilds like this reminds me of the, the legacy merfolk deckers of old <laughs> yeah it's even less spells than they would have yeah yeah they, they would sometimes even have like dazes and forces but this one's literally straight up just like just creatures and artifacts i guess like 
five color humans like we have in legacy does that but this one is, yeah. is just like limiting itself to mostly white and a little bit of black it's cool because all the creatures are utility as well right so you have like you have you have your beaters champion of the parish but then like esper sentinel's disruption um general kudro is i believe the like it's a three banner one where it can exile creatures and cards from graveyards as well in certain ways then you have like kaisal freebooter that looks at their hand and takes stuff nightclubber gives all your opponent's creatures minus one minus one thalia we obviously know like you know taxes spells Atomic turns off kind of like um, targeting lands with things. So like right. lesbian stage and stuff. So there's just a lot going on in the creature base. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And like, I mean, after looking at this, like you might be asking like, why is there like no Stoneforge Mystic, right? Like in a, in a black, white deck with like so many creatures. But maybe like um, the Champion of Parish and Thalys Lieutenant, like those cards is just gonna make, yeah, make those other creatures like so big that equipments may maybe literally don't matter. Yeah, absolutely. You're just, it's pretty low curve. Like, you have Brutal Cathar at three, you have the General Kudra at three. I think Night Clubber is three as well. But a lot of your early stuff comes from you have these powerful one and two drops. You have Champion of the Parish, Esp Sentinel, Mother Runes at two drops, as one drops. And they're all very powerful and, like, kind of require right. answers pretty quickly. So they're almost better than the two drops, actually. Like, Thalia's Lieutenant is probably your curve topping through two drop in a way, like, puts counters on all your all one drops. Tomic is kind of like. Bit of disruption is the land thing I said. Thalia, we just know is good in Legacy and Kite Self Rebooter, like goes up and down in different matchups and stuff. But like the deck just also has flyers as well. You yeah, can't totally. underestimate how you know Kite Self Rebooter is a one two flyer. But with uh, Thalia, Thalia's Lieutenant, put some counters on there and stuff and get cracking. It just pushes through damage and stuff. Yeah, I kind of like that. Also, this deck again is pretty affordable, right? Like are we looking at like two dual lands it's like two scrub, scrub lands we have mm -hmm. four ether vials a couple of wastelands and cavernous souls well okay those are the expensive costs but like all the creatures i want to say are pretty affordable i guess um, Esper sentinel is uh the place yeah. that on mtg goldfish says it's 116 dollars but altogether the deck is sitting at 1777 dollars but almost half of that is just the two scrub lands so i guess right. if you want to play like godless shrine that is you, you, <laughs> probably, you probably could play Goddess Shrines. Like, yeah. Well, so, okay, yeah, so hear me out. Like, um, I, I, I can't really say if this deck is, like, good or bad or, like, better than Death and Taxes. I, from, I can't really tell, but if there are more decks that are popular or, like, you know, making appearances in Legacy and they're pretty cheap, affordable, I'm all about that. Uh, that's, that's great, you know, like, for um, bringing new players to the format, maybe. And, yeah, like, generally, good vibes. Yeah, absolutely. And so Reaple basically pitched it as this is a fantastic against Delver. He said he just always beats Delver, which is a really good place to be when Delver is as dominant as it is now. The question like proposed to him and everyone else playing it is like he said he loses to non-blue mid-range and then I think I'm going to guess like kind of the Uro control decks are probably close. I can see I can see this deck just running over them sometimes. Yeah, I guess the idea is you look at the sideboard to figure out what, what you need to have against. There's four Mindback Traps, which is pretty rare these days. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can, I can really appreciate that. Like, if you have a turn yeah. to Thalia, for example, then, then yeah, like, your Mindback Traps are going to be your way to bridge the gap until you can land Thalia. Uh, there's two Katakis. I just, like, whenever Kentucky shows up. Uh, and then a bunch of utility, like South Plowshares, Cathar Commando, three Ley Lines, more Night Clubbers. We can go up to all the four Night Clubbers. By the way, they have Blitz. That's this new ability, which is kind of like Evoke, but you also draw a card and you can attack with it for a turn before it dies. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, it comes in, it does its effect. It ETBs, gives your opponent's creatures a minus one, minus one, I think. And then 
it gets haste so you can attack with it and then at the end of the turn you sacrifice it and when it dies you draw a card so it's pretty good value it's a pretty yeah. powerful effect loving this deck yeah and really you know cool. what, what what i like i i really like it when somebody proposes a new deck and they are very clear about what it's supposed to beat and what it struggles against because i hate it when somebody pitches a deck and they're like you know what it's actually pretty decent against everything because i don't trust them unless they literally broke something uh, i think I, I would believe they're full of shit whereas rapper mm -hmm. from the very beginning has been like you know what this is supposed to wreck delver and it really struggles against non-blue mid-range and yeah. that's something i can i can like trust and i i like trusting people when they pitch decks yeah rapper is also known for playing and um, like pioneering uh, mono black curses and this is like the opposite, like no creatures to all creatures. So you can be like, oh, it's just not him trying what he usually tries and stuff. This is like completely different. I know he, he's like experimenting with the spirits as well. He's just a, a brewer at heart. But um, this is like, he's probably looked at it like, okay, the way to beat Delver is just overloading with disruptive and fast clock creatures. And I can totally see that, honestly. Like I do, I do, I do worry sometimes that you'll lose to a, a big dragon like quite easily, but... He has experience and I don't. Like you have you have the mother of runes to protect your cards, the kite self rebooters to block and stuff. And I think general Kudro exiles creatures. I need to look it up. Actually General Kudro, uh when uh General Kudro or another human enters the battlefield under your control, exile target card from an opponent's graveyard. And the other thing is you can pay two mana and sacrifice a human, destroy target creature with power four or greater. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's, that's one cool. way to get rid of it. Yeah, cool. Right. I guess the other way is to basically like you, you have six flyers, uh, atomic flies as well, and then you can use mother of runes to like block and use mother of runes. Or I guess in Tomic's case, you could also like block and, and bounce with Caracas uh, when you're in a pinch. That's not ideal, but it, it's a way to basically fuck a Merktide Regent. Yeah, it's not bad. Also, like this, this deck just kind of goes phase like every single game. There's, there's no recruit of the guard, for example. Like there's no like slowish, you know, like, you know, just generating a bunch of value kind of creature. Like everything in this deck is either like protection or like a disruptive fast clock threat kind of kind of thing. So mm -hmm. um, it this deck might not like might always be the aggressor. Like it might not fall behind, you know, in defense like Death and Taxes does sometimes. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, this is this is like I mean when you're on defense with this deck, you don't really have any kind of like card advantage to try to make up for it unless you I guess pull off some kind of I'm um, I'm looking at some cover cards like Nightclubber things or General Kudo where you get like favorable traits because of Otherwild. Uh but other than that, yeah, you you want to go to the face and you want to finish the games quickly. That's certainly what it looks like. Oh, by the way, another um, way to get rid of Merktide is Brutal Cathar, which um, when it comes into play, it's uh, access uh, basically Oblivion Rings, one of your opponent's creatures, and it can also uh, when when it becomes night, I guess, uh, it flips into uh, some kind of werewolf and that has ward, pay three lives. So it's also going to make it a little bit harder. Oh, sweet, sweet. Also, yeah, like imagine like taking Merklet region with um, Brutal Cathar and when it, even if it comes back, it's, you know, it's going to be a 3-3, three, three, right? There's not going to be any counters. Oh that. yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, like, not too scared of a 3-3, three, three, you know. Until good. they play the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah, so those um, are a bunch of cool decks that we've seen on top nights of Legacy Challenges, 5-0 lists recently. And then we finally had another big paper tournament. That was the Star City Games Con. Actually, that sounds like they were conning people. It's more like the SEG Con. That sounds much more professional. The SEG Con Pittsburgh 5K. And they had Legacy Tournaments on Friday and on Sunday. And guess what? Who won both events? Delvo, obviously. No. Well Dwarf no. control. What? 
<laughs> yeah, I think there was somebody trying to play draft control, but they couldn't find their moth. That's changelings in time. Otherwise, they would have taken. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Somehow, SCG didn't bring those to the tournament. Who can believe it? No. <laughs> no. Good old green white depth won both both the Friday and this Sunday event. Friday in the hands of Michael Mapson of the Depths Podcast, and Sunday in the hands of Rodney Bedal. That deck's just cool. It's just great. I think every time it comes up in conversation, we're both like, this deck is great. It's underplayed. It attracts people that are good at these kind of decks as well. I'm going to say, like, I feel like the people that play these lands-based decks, are they have more attention to detail in the games than others. Maybe maybe they can confirm or deny. I don't know. Maybe you guys can, like, confirm if you're playing against kind of players. But I feel like whenever I play against someone that has depths in their deck, I'm, like, always terrified. And this deck, like, capitalizes on that. And then just beats you in the face of the night as well, like a 10 10 night. You're just like, oh shit, or I was concentrating on the wrong thing. And yeah, this deck is just constantly impressive to me. I think it's still underplayed. I think this is one of those decks that if you know how to play it really well and you're against you're up against somebody who's a little bit uncomfortable or even inexperienced in the matchup, you, you can really capitalize on that because there's just like so many even instant speed ways with night and crop rotation and even your elfish reclaimer. Uh, and also, you know, Yavimaya, which sometimes make it so that you have more mana than your opponent initially calculated if they, if they, you know, miscounted uh, or didn't see a certain line, that you can really, really punish people that way. And that's just like the kind of magic that I love to play, where you feel like, you know what, you came here, you're not prepared, get wrecked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like a gatekeeper is the term, I think, right? Although it's not like as popular as like that, that terminology, I guess, but yeah. It will just punish anyone that's with any unfamiliarity, like, so fast. And it looks like actually both players played the very same list, unless uh, SCG made a mistake of posting them. No, but this it, is literally the same 75. It is card for card, because they use the same cards as well. But seriously? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't know who was who. Yeah. I think I think they're Michael's cards. Um, Rodney is famous in the in the SCG circuit world and other tournaments of well, not owning cards and always borrowing no, no, them. No, the absolute, <laughs> no, no, the absolute absolute opposite. So he is famous for like lending everyone cards. He'll go there like with twenty decks for everyone. He'll give out like five blue red delvers and he just kind of has everything. He's he usually plays Doomsday. He's very he's very good at Doomsday as, as far as I know. But he is like the guy with all the bling and has, gives everything out. And so I don't know the arrangements. It could be the other way around, but I think they were Michael's cards who lent them to him for whatever circumstances. Maybe he had another deck and just fancy playing this yeah. after it won on Saturday. But yeah, I saw a Twitter thing saying it's the exact same cards that won both days. So that's right. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to he- um, hear all the stories on the next uh, Devs podcast for sure. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Michael Mapson. That's pretty impressive. Also, like whenever a non-blue deck, um, you know, wins an event, I, I think that's that's generally a good thing. People, people like that, right? Yeah, especially of ones which are like... So I think these were six rounds each. Um, the number of players kind of wanted seven rounds, but the timing restrictions being one-day events meant they were they were six, and so there were some weird breaker things. Is what I heard. I don't don't want to like take my word for it, but um, six rounds is still a lot of rounds, and to be non-blue and do well in tournaments after like X rounds after a certain amount of time, you know, it always takes just very well piloting. Yeah, even though like the deck is a bunch of one-offs, I think overall the deck is pretty consistent in what it's supposed to do. I I, I just I, I love this. Actually, I was recently think because I I own enough uh, savannas to make it a thing. I was recently even thinking about um, playing this on paper, uh, but then I looked up the price of Max Diamond. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? Um, yeah, there's always proxies, especially like for all these European events these days, right? Cool. You know what? What, what my favorite part about the uh, about the deck actually is? 
Okay. Power of the Magistrate. That's just like such a cool... Oh, like, it has yeah. been around for such a long time, Legacy, every now and then, to basically make it so that you, you can unequip equipment from your opponent's side mm -hmm. of the board. And uh, I think the, the coolest thing you can do it is you, you can actually handle Kaldra complete with it because you can give the token protection from artifacts mm -hmm. and then the token disattaches from and ceases to exist, I guess. <laughs> the, the, uh, the reason this is here for, though, is for Thopter tokens because Psy destroys depths. Oh, because you ne can never attack past those, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can't Sidiri step through with Thopter tokens. So Psy has been, like, secretly the absolute bane of Dark Depths decks since, like, eight cast popped up. And so this is this is what it's there for. Oh yeah, even like even if you Karakas side, they're probably already gonna have a bunch of tokens and can replay exactly. it and get them. Oh exactly. my god. Oh this yeah. is smart. This is so smart on it's so many so levels. And it's perfect because you just like knight for it or you crop rotation for it or reclaimer for it. Like the deck has so many tutors, it's crazy. Like the deck has more tutors than Storm and it's just it's so consistent. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> my uh my ponders are dark uh demonic tutors as well. Yeah, I think on, on a couple of past episodes, we've always been highlighting how green-white depth uh, in a lot of events actually had one of the highest, if not the highest, win percentages. Mm -hmm. And I think when, when it's like incompetent hands, this deck can crush, absolutely crush people. I think so as well. It's really cool to see that it's usually just um, straight green-white, but they are splashing red for two Pyroblasts, one Red Elemental Blast as well. Ooh, I like um, that. Yeah. It's just, it's just extra Wait. power, right? Yeah, I always feel like, you know, like, if, if a deck is, like, two colors, you, you can, most of the time, you can, like, comfortably splash a third color as well. Like, you already, yeah. I don't know, like, from three to four might be, like, a big stretch, but, like, from two to three, like, usually, like, not a big deal. Um, I agree. Especially with something as, you have Mox Diamonds as well. There's more of a cost here because you are playing stuff like Bajuka Bog and Thespian Stages and Dark Depths that don't tap for colors and stuff. But you are playing 28 lands, so most of them are spell slots anyway. Right. Cool. Yeah. So, looking at the, the overall results from these two big paper events, uh, something that I want to point out is that despite what people sometimes say, or like, I guess there's some kind of prejudice about against the quote-unquote inbred Magic Online meta game where people are like, oh, this is not the real legacy. And we've talked about this in the past, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is pretty much the this same. Looks like online. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is pretty much the same what we see online with uh, Blue Red Daiwa being not only the most played deck, but I think win percentage wise usually also one of the most winningest deck that are played by at least five or so people. You know, you always get this like one person playing one deck, making top eight and posting the highest win percentage. But of the deck, the decks that actually have a bunch of people playing them, uh, I think Blue Red Daiwa was at the very top again. Yeah, it's it's so on the Saturday we have uh, Michael Mapson winning. Then we have two Euro Index. We have a Mono Red Stomping and a Mono Red Aggro. So I think they're both Moon kind of Chalice based decks. Then we have Jeskai Control and then eight casts and then one Delver on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have Rodney winning with Green White Depths again. Then a Greeks Control. We have one Jeskai Control, three Is It Delvers, a Doomsday, and a Lands. So four Delvers across the two top eights, one and three. But then if you look down at the top 16, there's like a smattering more. We do see a bunch of like eight cast on the Sunday as well. Which by the way, yeah. in fifteenth, Jordan Mayer, that's um I've forgotten the magic online name, but it's the guy that won three in a row challenges. Oh oh he 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 played um eight cast, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's there in fifteenth <laughs> on the Sunday. That guy destroyed, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the win percentages. So on, I think that this one was on Sunday where uh, Dava had 59% and on uh, the other high. day. <laughs> uh, it, it's also the most played deck at 59%. Okay, yeah. um, 
So, and the other one, it's also the most played deck and it's at 55% win percentage. So uh, we're, okay. we're, we're not here really here to like discuss, oh, is this like the really best deck in Legacy? Because uh, there's other podcasts that will tell you that and mm. <laughs> we're just going to be like, yes, it is. Also, yes, I, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I just like, uh, <laughs> whenever I look at these blue red diamond lists and I'll put it in the show notes like that as well, it's basically the, if, if you're trying to spot the differences between the different main decks of blue red diamond, it's almost like where the where world of magic. But right, you're, you're going to try to figure out what's actually different between these main decks because they're so set in stone. There's really only like two or three cards in difference. And that almost like reminds me of the days of, of Canadian Threshold like 15 years ago or so where it's also like completely set in stone, tacked out, and everybody's playing it that hey, way. Hey, they didn't always play Rushing River. Now we're talking about <laughs> second or third Mishra's Bauble. Good. And also like multiple Power Blast these days now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is like it, it two main deckers kind of stock? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm happy it's happening. I don't know how I feel. I love like whenever Justin Gennari, um, I am level one, sees this shit on like on the things, he's like, legacy players, just play full main deck blast, get used to it, you'll love it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, you know, Justin sometimes is like the voice of reason when it comes to legacy. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like that's gotta happen, and then of course uh, Dark Depth's gonna win the tournament, right? Because well, yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I just know that like, well. I get used to it with Painter, but like if you're playing Main Deck Blast, I just see these screenshots of people with like two blasts in their opening hand, and then your opponent goes like Planes, Aethervale, and you're just like, well... Yeah, and, th- and then you blast the, the Orion when it comes down. I've done oh, that. Oh, God, yeah. A- and they want to die on site. Yeah, I've heard that every time a Yorian gets Main Deck Blasted, a baby dies or an angel dies. I was going to make a joke about like a, cat, a kitten dying or something, but like <laughs> you went way darker. <laughs> Let's go with Angel. <laughs> Yorian's an angel, basically. Uh, is it? Is it though? <laughs> a serpent <laughs> angel. Cool, yeah. cool. Guys, what are you going to be up to this week? Um, what, what, what's next for you in terms of like magic, in terms of life? What, what are the most uh, bothersome things going so on? Immediately after this, I'm going to be actually, no joke, going on. Um, so I've got this tournament on Saturday, so I need to work out a uh, hammer time deck. I'll get the cards together. I think I need to just order a couple more cards. And then, much more excitedly, I'm going to go back to this bug dwarf deck and finding all the cards i need and ordering them to pick up at the event as well oh god like i like i don't even know what to start with this deck honestly like i <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a spring leaf drum in my hand like ever oh spring it's leaf about time man dude. it's absolutely really about time <laughs> i don't know man like it's, it's also like, gonna give you an additional way to tap your creatures so you can get more treasure, treasures from magda oh <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah yeah is that like secret? Is that like secretly like the best spring leaf drum drag? It's like a soul Holy ring. Shit. You get a mana from soul ring and a treasure. I mean, there's not too many to choose from. Like when it comes to the best spring leaf drum deck, man. <laughs> <laughs> I will say you laugh at spring leaf drum, and when you play these kinds of decks, you do fetch it a lot because you play these kind of decks a lot. Yeah, because there's not 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 much else to really fetch there, I guess. <laughs> but cool, cool. Uh, guys, I think we're gonna call it a day here. And yeah, Kai, you got oh, some actually, Kai, we, 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 oh, Kai, we, talk, uh, we, I'm not used to having having, <laughs> uh, and I was like way too deep into the way. Anyway, Kai, what are you gonna do other than trying to survive in Berlin? Like, what what's the situation right now? Are you gonna go outside or is it too dangerous? Buy some uh, well, it is dangerous. That, that's that's why I'm like proper like setting up everything at home. Um, I got you know like um some some kitchen supplies uh the other day you know started to cook like started like kind of like starting to get back to that like normal life you know what i mean like the, the first like two three weeks it was it was kind of messy um trying those to are get... the easy ones 
Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, you wish, right? Like, it, it, like you can't really cook. You can't really do anything at home. Um, it's kind of like trying to, you know, get get as many kebabs as possible. Yeah, and, that's uh, fun. <laughs> well, I'm loving it. <laughs> I do. I, I can't st stop making fun of Berlin. I love that city, but it's it's that just dude, it has Berlin, a certain yeah, reputation yeah. for a reason. Yeah, dude. Berlin, Berlin's a meme. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, well, I, I, have you found like any local tournaments, right? I think you, you told me about that. It's actually kind of hard to find events in Berlin. It's, it's kind of weird, right? And in a lot of like big European, or at least German cities, the big cities don't have the legacy tournaments, but then all the suburbs have like the really good, the hot stuff. Like all these like 40, 50,000 people suburbs, they have like the legacy tournaments. Whereas like the million people city, it's like, no, we, we have draft. Right. This is what we have for London. With before I started doing the monthly tournaments, um, there was just nothing in London at all, and so we used to travel an hour, a couple of hours outside London to go to these small events and stuff. But yeah, that, that happened to me last time I was in London for a trade fair. I, I messaged somebody, and and they told me, yeah, so we got this car going to like the Welsh border where there's like a village, <laughs> and they do legacies. Like this is yeah. like one of the biggest cities in Europe, and you're telling me I have to go to Wales to play legacy, like get fucked i think the thing yeah. is when you're in a, a small town you don't you don't have the shop to rely on or if you do they just run it so you kind of you, you're one of those two things in in a big city i don't know why the bigger shops don't always run it but if not everyone is like kind of just expecting it to happen otherwise so you don't start organizing things but yeah, yeah kind of kind of like okay so i mean it is obviously it is a hot cut from uh from tokyo to to berlin in terms of like tournaments yeah um but um, yeah, as you said, Callum, like it, it's it's pretty much the same here, where like mo most stores can't like, are not really that interested in like running as, you know that many events in different different formats. So I think so. What I did seven years back um, in Berlin was to basically collect all the phone numbers, you know, and just like making sure that um, everyone is on the same line, um, getting like a getting like a nice location and getting that pairing app and you know preparing some some car prices and, you know kind of like doing it like diy style and i might do it again you know yeah like out. running into the the car with your with your bike right oh yeah As i mean like, about yeah. <laughs> yeah you can you, you can bet your asses it, it like the whole tournament's gonna be in my studios like so i don't have to go anywhere you know it's just gonna be in the sort of <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna see some streams of that, right? Oh yeah, we gotta live stream that. Holy, should sign me up. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Oh, that's oh, so cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. So, if you wanna support all these crazy endeavors that we're gonna have in the future, and you wanna save Kai from running into cars or going to brothers uh, without getting any service, you can support us on the Everyday Eternal Patreon patreon.com slash everyday channel or you can leave a review on apple podcasts go there and let the world know what kind of a great five-star podcast we are thanks a lot for everybody who once again did this during the past month we really appreciate it like it absolutely makes my day whenever i get a get a not notification about that it really does he messages me on facebook really excited yeah we, we have like this this everyday channel headquarter group and i i, I love really posting the stuff that yeah you <laughs> everybody who posted a review you've been internalized into our internal chat so yeah. thank you so much for that guys where can people find you 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 can find the podcast on at eternal mtg on twitter and instagram uh, but where can people find Callum and kai Callum and, Callum and Kai, by the way, that goes really well together. Ooh, you guys should nice. make another show. Callum and, Callum and Kai and I guess Julian. Podcast. Callum and Kai, and then you need something else that starts with a K. Coolian? No, no, no. Like an activity. <laughs> what's like a what's like a cool activity that starts with a K? 
Oh, canoe or something? No, canoe. Kai canoeing. That was like the first thing that popped in my mind, you know, freaking canoeing. Kalamut Kai canoeing. Yeah, the new podcast. All right, Kai, let's go canoeing. We're going to rebrand. I'm at Callum Smith MTG on Twitter. That's the best place. Um, yeah, people can find me on uh, mostly in most uh, social media platforms. Uh, it's Sawatarix. Are, are you are you when are your streams gonna resume? I think I haven't seen them um, ever since you moved to Berlin, right? Oh yeah, um, I haven't started streaming yet. Um, tomorrow, there's gonna um, be gonna get a new internet connection um, from a new provider. Like you know, trying to get the the best out of it. And I will hopefully be able to start streaming like next week or the week after. But I kind of like you know, in my heart, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm, I'm just. I'm just waiting, we'll know, you know, counting the away. seconds, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Uh, actually, now it's going to be during during my work day. Uh, that makes it all much easier, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, that's going to be for it from us today. Thank you, everybody who's supporting the podcast with reviews, spreading the word, or signing up to our Patreon, especially our Eternal Witness tier Patreons, Tommy Hinks, Testacula, Sebastian Holaga, Giam, Hanawar Elf, and Severin Schwarzuber. And our top tier Grizzle Brand supporters, Victor Bernatzt, Bachubat, Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Hendrik Korkutz, Tom Hepp. By the way, Tom, we haven't seen in you we haven't seen you in forever because I actually don't know what's going on, but a lot of people have been asking me, hey, when is Tom gonna come back? We we need more wisdom from, from Mr. Tom. But yeah, maybe maybe you'll find more about that in the future. And Paragon Games in St. Louis. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for coming on and see you again when we learn more about Kai's adventures in Berlin. Bye bye. Cool. Cheers. Bye,